How you doing, Super Scoreboard fans? This is Stephen Mill from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. If you like what you hear from this week's episode, you can subscribe to our very own channel by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast via your regular podcast provider. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Big Football Scott. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you again for taking the time to listen to our latest episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 16 of the podcast is brought to you by me, Stephen Mill. A.K.A. Barry White. You can get me anytime after hours. (laughs) 0800 006 Pfeiffer. 006 Pfeiffer? Did you just say 006 Pfeiffer? Can we cut that out in turn, Callum? We need that cut out. We need that editing out. There's nothing sexy about Stephen Mill. Well, listen. My voice is a little bit sexier today than normal. See if I was to close my eyes. You wouldn't know it was me. Nah, I think I could go to sleep with your voice. Mm. My wife would probably... Pay £1.50 a minute to listen That's to you. That's what I mean. 0800 <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need to call. So anyway, apologies about the voice. Uh-huh. Got sore throat. What as you, you probably doing? gathered. In fact, no, actually my throat isn't sore. I actually feel totally fine, but my voice is knackered for some reason. I'm just back from a holiday in Chicago. Did you have a sore throat? Or sorry, did you lose your voice before you got on the plane? Was it after you got off the plane? Before, before. Sunday. Right, so, okay. yeah, lost my voice on Sunday. Were, were you so. heavy at it in, no. regards to, um, <laughs> <laughs> in regards to alcohol consumption on your 5D? As I said, 800 <laughs> I actually wasn't. I genuinely wasn't. It was fairly tame, to be perfectly honest with you. And obviously, I missed all the football the weekend. So you did. I'm looking forward to going through it all. There's lots of stuff to chat about, yeah, I'm sure. So. We don't need to talk about Dunfermline versus Falkirk. Oh, yes, we do. Right. We also have a special guest this week, a little bit later on in the show, with VRWTF to talk us through some of the decisions. We'll also check in if Scottish football were a cruise. This is ridiculous. And I'm rem- getting turned on. And remember... <laughs> You can find us on all your usual podcast providers on Twitter at Big Football Scott, and we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Who says Scottish football isn't sexy? Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. You can get us anytime, right? You and Cameron, yeah. Shall we get stuck into today's episode? Yeah, let's do it, my man. Okay, let's do it. Right. What happened at the weekend, June? You can take over for here. There you go. <laughs> for one week only in a world. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, can, can we get a script, please? A really oh. good cheesy movie script for a. I'll write one now. I do that for um for Scottish for a trailer. A trailer yeah. for Scottish. Football. A trailer for Scottish football. Could you, intern Callum, just come up and we'll end the show with Stephen doing a, a Scottish football trailer? I'll okay, get some okay. like dramatic trailer music. Yes, that, like, we'll okay, do all that. We'll do that. We'll do that. Right, let's do it in chronological order. We'll start on Friday night. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, Scottish Premiership, Aberdeen 4, Hibernian 1. Aberdeen were pants in that first 45 minutes. And then in the 46th minute, they get a really dodgy penalty. It's never a penalty in a million years. And there's a former top flight referee coming on the show a little later. So we won't go into detail with that just now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really angry at that decision. Because it turns the game in Aberdeen's favour. Because Aberdeen were poor. Their tails are up when they get that penalty. They score from it and they come out and they're a better team and they are also firing on all cylinders and they go going to win 4-1. Talk to me about Livingston. 
uh, Kilmarnock 2, Livingston 3. <laughs> I mean, that is, a, that is a brilliant result for Livingston. I mean, the job that David Martindale and, uh, and Marvin Bartley are doing is just unbelievable. So hats off to Livingston. Great result for them against Kilmarnock. Shall we move on to Saturday, Ewan? <laughs> yes, we shall. I don't know if I can take this voice seriously. Right, here we go. Take your time, Ewan. <laughs> uh, Celtic 4, Dundee United 2. Again, there was another VAR controversy involving Celtic and Dundee United and the Bernabe. Is it Bernabe or Bernabai? Apparently the Dundee United commentator kept calling him Bernabeu. But there is another controversial decision in that game involving VAR when Dundee United got a penalty. Again, we'll touch on that with the top flight referee shortly. And uh, the other game, Ross County 3, St Mirren 2. St Mirren were 2-1 up in that game and uh, Ross County brilliant from Alki Mackay fought back uh, to win 3-2 well done to Ross County because St Mirren were on a, a half decent run of form should go into the championship yes <laughs> uh, Partick Thistle 2 Dundee 3 that was like the game of the day in the, the championship and 2-0 up, up Partick Thistle and Dundee second half performance wow where did that come from scoring three goals so well done to Dundee they're back in the groove in regards to going for the championship title any other games you want to focus focus on there nah not really we'll move on uh, Scottish <laughs> League 1 uh, only one game we talk about Kelty Hearts 1 <laughs> Alawa Athletic 1 because that's your dad's team give me a moment that's right? your dad's team Kelty Hearts yeah they drew against Alawa they drew, yeah. Alawa took the lead so you'll have taken a point at that point in regards to being like behind and they score a second half equaliser they get a point in the game uh, moving on to League 2 <laughs> there's no other games in League 1 to talk about uh, Stephen's got his hand up yeah but you got, you've got a dodgy throat so I'm in charge of this remember I'm in charge of this is this not my part of my job well we could mention the fact that Dunfermline are 7 points clear of Falkirk now because they beat them at the Falkirk Stadium on Saturday. They did. What did you say in the podcast last week, Ian? Just, just remind me. Just remind I, I, no, me. I, I thought Falkirk would win. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. And, and what was the score? It was 1-0 to Dunfermline. Dunfermline, yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm joking around with you. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's look at that game. Over 7,200 fans at a League One game. Mm-hmm. At the Falkirk Stadium. That is just brilliant. That is superb. Say. 2,000 Dunfermline fans there. Yeah, brilliant. Falkirk obviously selling out most of their stands as oh, well. Totally. The stands that they do have built. And, you know, obviously they're coming out to see a big team like Dunfermline. That, that's totally <laughs> understandable. But I think we can all agree that's another year in League One for Falkirk. And Dunfermline already have the title so not. That's rubbish, right? I think Falkirk are a decent side and they will be there or theirs about when it comes to winning the league. Playoffs. But they'll get to playoffs and I think if they get to playoffs, which they'll do comfortably in my opinion, they will get promotion to championship alongside Dunfermline who I think as it stands yeah. right now are likely to win mm-hmm. the league. It was a huge result for them at the weekend. Of course it was. Dunfermline turned up, when you look at that team, they turned up, they'd have been happy with a draw and by all accounts, everybody that was in that stadium including Dunfermline fans said, if truth be told, a draw would have been a fair result. My son was there and he's a Hearts fan with six pals because it was like the big talking point in Falkirk. He wanted to go to the game and he loved it, but he said, Dad, if I'm going to be honest, I thought it should have been a draw. But it wasn't It wasn't. And then Whiten turns up and and scores a goal in front of the Dunfermline fans as well. But yeah, great for League One, great for Scottish football, two juggernauts of uh, clubs uh, going head to head. So yeah, delighted for uh, 
well, not for Dunfermline, but <laughs> delighted for Falkirk in the stadium and their fans were turning out on what was a brilliant day for Scottish football. Good day for them. Do you want me to move on to League Two? Yes. What do I highlight here? Um, I'm going to highlight um, what was a good game. Oh, there's a good game. Stennis Muir 2, East 5 2. That's all I can tell you about it because I've not got any other details on it. Bonnie Rig Rose 2, Elgin City 3. Bonnie Rig Rose, remember they started the season like a freight train? Mm hmm. I don't know what's happened to them in recent weeks, but they lost 3-2 at home to Elgin City. And moving on to Sunday. Sunday was a really interesting day in the Scottish Premiership because the first game of the day on the telly, mm -hmm. St Johnston versus Rangers. St Johnston go 2-0 up. Rangers get a goal back, but they can't find the equaliser. Rangers fans booing. Rangers fans not happy. And I'm surprised that Gio is still in a job. But according to sources, with an Ibrox, they have said... He must win his next two games or he could be out the door. Those are the rumours coming out of Ibrox. So they've got Hearts at Tynecastle. Sorry, they've got Hearts at Ibrox. And then they're away in Paisley to play St Mirren at the weekend. So Gio's still in a job. And I do not know why. Seven points behind Celtic. So that wasn't a great day for Rangers or Gio. As I said last week, the week before, who are they getting in? That's the problem, surely. There's managers about. There are managers. Ralph Hassan-Hutel. I know, is he still at uh, Southampton or has he been sacked? Has he been sacked? Yeah. Right, so he's available. You take him, he's a good manager. He won't come. What do you mean he won't come? He won't come to Rangers. He, he wouldn't come to Rangers? You'd, you'd have said the same thing about Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard. Probably, you would have done. Yeah, yeah probably. But they, they did turn up. Stephen Gerrard, not so much. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. But anyway, not a great day for, for Rangers. Uh, brilliant for St. Johnson. They're flying just now. And Stevie May's like a born-again player. Nicky Clark has bought, brought the best out of him. Um, he's 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 walked away from Dundee United to go and play at St Johnston. How how you wish you had Nicky Clark and your team just now, intern Callum. Ah, uh, sentence never that anyone would say, but I actually agree with yeah. you. Yeah, so they're flying just now. So well done, to Callum Davidson, and also to St Johnston. Uh, later that day on Sunday, it was Hearts three, Motherwell two. Again, controversy surrounding this game involving VAR. Again, we've got a former top flight referee will be joining us shortly to talk about that big decision involving Craig Gordon and the penalty that he conceded against Louis Moult, who then stepped up to, to score to give Motherwell some hope. But why was Craig Gordon not given a second yellow card and then a red card? That is the big talking point. Right, so to chat through some of the VAR WTF at the weekend, because there was plenty to talk about, we have former Category 1 official Des Roach. How are you doing, Des? Are you okay? I'm very well, guys. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Des. Now, before we get to some of the controversies at the weekend, you also have a podcast with another fellow Category 1 referee. I do, for our sins. Uh, the podcast is called Get Involved Referee. Uh, it's myself and another Category 1 referee, Steve Conroy, who may be known to a lot of your listeners, ex-Category 1 old firm referee. And it's hosted by Lindsay Heron, who's the digital editor of a Scottish newspaper, uh, the Scottish Daily Express. And he's probably got the most wonderful voice to host any show. Uh, and he certainly puts Stephen and I to shame. But yeah, it's good. You guys have a listen. And see, we're only there to try and give some form of explanation we're not saying we're right all the time <laughs> we know that you're... <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy part uh, we're not saying that you're going to agree with us but what we try and do is we try and give the rationale from how that decision was come to and maybe a bit of a better insight to the laws of the games as they currently stand first of all Des how would you say before we get into specifics at the weekend how would you say the first couple of weeks of VAR in Scotland has gone give it marks at a 10 
Marks out of 10, I think you're probably sitting around about, for the performances and, and the way it's been used, you're probably sitting around the sort of 7, 8. Now, there's nothing wrong with the technology. The technology works. And from what I've said and what Steve said, it's not the it's not the technology, it's the interpretation and the application of the use of, of the technology. Now, there's been lots of training undertaken. It's been run in the background. There's guys been 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 as much training as they think they can be done. But a refereeing opinion doesn't necessarily mean it's the same as the other referee. So because I see something and you maybe see it differently, doesn't mean that I need to take that advice. Now, there's been a couple of instances that have been overturned correctly. But in my opinion, there's also been a couple of, opinion, uh, couple of decisions made and overturned incorrectly. And we've, seen, we've obviously seen that at the weekend with a few incidents. OK, let's go through... Three of the big decisions that were made at the weekend there. In your opinion, as a former Category 1 referee, let's go to Pataudry on Friday night. 45 minutes played, nil-nil between Aberdeen and Hibs, and Aberdeen get a penalty. Now, for the most of the football fans that I have read on Twitter and Facebook, they believe it's not a penalty. Was it a penalty in your opinion? In my opinion, it's not a penalty. I feel that the Aberdeen forward, uh, Duke, had taken every every effort he could. He's knocked the ball ahead of himself and he's initiated the contact with the goalkeeper. So for me, it's a dive. Right, okay. Th- right, we can all see that. So why does VAR take so long to then come to the conclusion that it's actually a penalty when it's clear as the nose on my face that was never a penalty in a million years and it also affects the game and in some ways probably helped Aberdeen who were poor in that first half. So what's happened there is I think David Monroe has made the correct decision. He's given it on his gut instinct. The VAR, I believe it was Stephen Kirkland, he's obviously seen it differently and this is what I'm saying, interpretation of the law. But that's, that's, that's the issue there is that VAR have seen it differently but the referee can still stick to his own decision, his initial decision. When he looks at it, he can still say to the guy in the VAR room, nah, 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 I don't think that's a penalty. And I think that's what should have happened. I think that what we need to see is we need to see the referees have the courage of their own conviction. Yeah. If you're brought across and if you're looking at that for three minutes, etc., to get there, then it's not clear and obvious You've still obviously got some Dubai to, to look at it, but the referee on the pitch has the final say. And I would like to think that if it was myself, I would have been strong enough saying, no, I'm quite happy if it's given, restart play. What I would say though, Des, and I, I completely agree with you, by the way, in what you two have just said about the decision and what should have happened, but you very, very rarely see Correct. a referee in any country, yep. never mind Scotland, the Champions League, yep. all over the continental com- competitions and the leagues. If they get put to the monitor, yep. they're changing their mind. Unfortunately, I, I've got to agree with you at this moment in time. So uh, what makes uh, you different then if you were still a referee that you'd stand by your initial decision? Because I'd like to think that I'd have the courage of my own convictions. I'd like to think that I'm a strong enough character. So you're saying the referees in Scotland and around Europe are not strong enough? No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that at all. I no, think you are. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are. What I'm saying. <laughs> my my explanation is that they have obviously had a discussion where the referee has accepted that that information and that additional uh, comment that's, that's made them have a second opinion on it. That's fine. I'm not saying that if I came across, I would definitely go. But I would like to think that I would have that that feeling. And generally, your gut instinct is generally the correct one. Now, there obviously will be. Occasions where it's as plain as the nose of your face. I would always say to assistant referees or a fourth official, 
if I'm the only person in the stadium that sees this and it's wrong, you must let me know. However, if I'm strong in my own mind, I'm telling the assistants through the communication system, this is what's happened, I'm happy to go with it. But if it's a glaring error and you are going to be made look foolish by this, then that's when you've got to take that additional advice. But as I said, the technology's there, these things are working, but it's the interpretation and application. And I'm really looking looking forward to it. I'll be interested to see the first decision that comes back and if he overturns the yeah. and says no, I'm happy with my own decision. So we're all in agreement on Friday night, the Aberdeen penalty should never have been given. Now let's go to the game between Celtic and Dundee United. The handball that led to the Dundee United penalty. This is a strange one for me because it would appear as though any handball that involves a header or a shot on target and if the hand is in an unnatural position, quote-unquote, leads to a penalty. Was that a penalty, in your opinion, against Celtic on Saturday? I'll give you two, two views. In my view of football, in the spirit of football, and the way football should be played, that's not a penalty kick. The defender has jumped up in the air naturally to get elevation, naturally to get balance. He's not aware of the player behind him. The ball struck him from a close proximity. And I use that word, the ball has struck him. He's not struck the ball, the ball has struck him. And no Dundee United player claimed for it. However, unfortunately, by the laws of the game, the word intent is nowhere in it. And the, ah. the, the, word, the, word, the wording of it is, yeah. if a player jumps in an unnatural position for that specific situation, okay? But yeah. the second bit says, if a player uses their arm... Or, the, the player's arm or hand and the ball hits him he takes the risk of being penalised now the fact that using the word takes the risk of being penalised and the ball hits him is entirely different so as soon as it says that all bets are off yeah so it's then down to the referee and VAR's interpretation and 9 times out of 10 that is always going to be given as a penalty so thanks for clearing that one up and finally to the game between Hearts and Motherwell the big talking point there was the Craig Gordon incident with Louis Moult that led to the Motherwell penalty, should you, should Craig Gordon have been given a second yellow and sent off? It's caused a lot of debate with people that I talk to as well. Um, there was definitely contact with Craig Gordon. My initial my initial feeling was that I thought, oh, that's a penalty kick and Craig Gordon could be in trouble here. But Craig Gordon's a goalkeeper. He's allowed to dive using his hands in the area. He's the only player on the pitch that can use dive using his hands. I thought it was a penalty. The more I see it, I'm thinking, yes, it's a penalty. And the more I see it again, I'm thinking Craig Gordon should have received a second yellow card. However, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> what a load of rubbish. See, when you see the actual shot from behind Louis Moll, there is a touch of the ball on Craig Gordon's glove. Am I right in saying, though, Des, it doesn't matter if Craig Gordon has got the slightest touch, he still takes out Louis Moll? Yes, yes. The bit that's different there is it's a still picture. And now you can make a still picture look as good or as bad as you want to argue pro and anti any decision that's made. As I say, Kevin didn't send them off. I was quite comfortable with that. It's a, it's a, it's a genuine attempt. He genuinely went to play the ball. However, the impact of taking the player out of the, out of the game and the goals glaringly open behind him, I can see the fact that, yes, a caution. And a, a resulted red card, which would have then taken half down to nine, and that would have been extremely harsh, extremely harsh. But that's probably the most contentious decision that we've seen with Vardy this year. I would think. What was the name of the referee against uh, Motherwell and Hearts? 
It was Kevin Clancy Oh I love him <laughs> such, such a great referee <laughs> yeah, Wait till you get him in week 14 <laughs> <laughs> Well listen Des Thanks so much for coming on And uh, putting you in his place Because he's been ranting about that all morning Honestly honestly. Des it's been a pleasure Thanks for speaking to us this morning Great guys have a good day Thank you The Big Scottish Football Podcast With Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron If Scottish football were a cruise this is what you got involved with this week. <laughs> and we've got some great answers. Okay. Here we go. From Stephen Hill, the Upper Dick Campbell. <laughs> I think that's good. I think it's good. <laughs> Stephen Mill's not having it. Uh, from Kira McBride, Tony Yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Tony Yacht. This is the best week so far for this. Uh, Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack Oh Ryan Jack Sparrow This is going to take a while Good Ryan Thumbs Jack up. Sparrow yeah. uh, That was from Simon McQueen um, Also from uh, Larky We've got Seasick Campbell Seasick Campbell mm. Like what was Campbell Dick Campbell Yeah but what's Seasick Got to do with anything I wish your voice were better <laughs> <laughs> Anyway um, From GSRFC Davey Martin Sale <coughs> Wavy Weir Aaron Ahoy <laughs> Alliday Cruz They're all very good I like Yeah, They're all very good uh, From Miko Swim Layton <laughs> Alan Ruffsies <laughs> And Ahoy Ahoy Aitken Right next one What we're looking at Andrew McBee uh, Sun Deck Ian Gallagher Sundeck and Gallagher. Sundeck, Lynn Gallagher. Sundeck, Lynn, Sundeck. Oh, Sundeck! Lynn Gallagher, yes, got that. That's good. Uh, Stuart Macklin exclusive. Macklin exclusive? Stuart McCall inclusive. Oh, <laughs> Stuart McCall inclusive, yeah, that's it. <laughs> My voice will be better next week, folks. Just bear with us this week. McCall inclusive. I'm really sorry. That's actually I'm really quite, sorry. That's actually quite clever, that McCall inclusive. Right, come on, come on. Okay, there's lots to get through here. Yeah, there is. Yeah, we won't get through them all. I'm sorry because I can't read. <laughs> Swiggity Sweetie, what a name that is on Twitter. Titanic Law. Do you want me to take over? Do you want me to just do them? Titanic Law. Ty- yeah, yeah, Titanic Law. Titanic. Oh, Nicky Law! Titanic. Can't do it. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> from Stephen CW, Greg Sailor. That's a good one. Uh, from Nicky Breslin, Captain's Ballinanog. Ballinogly. What? <laughs> Captain's Ballingolly. Ball, ball and goal, captain's ball. What's the captain's ball? Oh, the captain's ball! When you get invited to the captain's ball, you turn up in a dicky ball. Right. Lord, give us. <laughs> <laughs> From soccer zine, Admiral Abada. Admiral Abada. Admiral Abada. 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 What's Abada? Right. What? Spider them says, you and Cameron because he's a huge anchor. <laughs> We'll just leave it there. What can I, can you tell me what an abada is? Ange piano piano cost. Piano ostologlu. Pick a couple like of others and we'll end Jackie here. Cal McNamara, not bad. Oh, yeah. butcher from Five, Zach Rudder. <laughs> yeah, Tony Andre Float. <laughs> 
Oh, here's a good one uh, from Ian Robertson. Joey Harpoon. <laughs> Very good. What was the other one? I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got the best one yeah. from D Hughes. You're uh-huh. the winner this week. I laughed out loud when it came in. Jane McDonald De Boer. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there you go. If uh, Scottish football were a cruise, thank you so much for all your um, suggestions. But yeah, we'll go with that one with the yeah, That's yeah. a good one. Uh, Danny, do the next bit as well. Yeah. Okay, thank you to each and every single one of you for your input. I'm just reading the script here. For this week, we're after your best shout-outs for if Scottish football were in space. For example, Duke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. One. That is good. Well done, in turn, Callum. Uh, Peter Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> International Space Station Park. Mm, yeah. yeah, for for stadium. Yep. Ian Blackhole, Archie <laughs> Equinox. Archie Knox. Yeah, I know who Archie Knox is. What's an Equinox? It's like a space thing, isn't it? But what is it? Okay, but sounds good. Uh, Big Biange Postacoglu. <laughs> Big Biange Postacoglu. Big Biange. Biange? Big Biange Postacoglu. Oh, Big Biange Postacoglu. <laughs> Big Biange. <laughs> I thought it was the name of a Russian spaceship. <laughs> Right, big bang <laughs> okay and uh, the final one is a wee suggestion is Mark Light Yearly Mike Light oh, Mike Light <laughs> Mark Light Yearly Yearly yeah Mark yeah. Yearly Yearly <laughs> <laughs> I'm never reading these again because I can't read oh anyway that's that's what you need to do what bit else do I need to read oh yeah tweet your suggestions to at Big Football Scott on Twitter or search for Big Scottish Football Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for next week's episode which is if Scottish football were in space midweek games we're going to move on we need to move on I'm almost making my voice better just because of this what so, penultimate round of Premiership games before the World Cup. Yeah. And the final one is next weekend uh-huh. as well. So, Ewan, uh, <laughs> let's just go through uh-huh. and and you can decide who's going to win, basically. Well, the so, next two games. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Right. So, um, Aberdeen have got Livingston and Dundee United. Oh, before the start of the World Cup. Oh, yeah. six points, Aberdeen. Okay. Celtic have got Motherwell and Ross County. <clears throat> Big Biange is going to to get them six points. Uh, Dundee United, Kelly and Aberdeen. Uh, Three points for Dundee United. I think they'll get the points against Kelly and get stuffed by Aberdeen at Pataudry. Okay. Uh, Hearts have Rangers and Livy. 
Well, Hearts are away to Rangers. Yep. I think we'll get a point there. I think okay. Rangers and their fans, it's just going to be a toxic atmosphere. So uh, four points. We'll beat Livingston at Tynecastle at the weekend. Hibs at Ross County, Kilmarnock. Uh, four points. They'll beat Ross County and they'll draw with Killy. Okay, Kilmarnock, Dundee United and Hibs. They're getting one point and that will be against Hibs. You're actually doing quite well at remembering what you've said here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this might get interesting as it goes further along. Uh, Livingston have got Aberdeen and Hearts. And they're getting zero points. Zero points, okay. Zero points. Uh, Motherwell have got Celtic and St Johnson. Uh, they're getting zero points. Rangers, Hearts and St Mirren. They're getting four points. They'll beat St Mirren, but it'll be close. Ross County, I've got Hibs and Celtic. They're getting zero points. St Johnson, St Mirren and Motherwell. Um, <laughs> four points to St, uh, St Johnston. They're going to be... be they're, no, no, they're going to draw with St Mirren and they're going to beat Motherwell. Right, okay, so that's three points. Four. A draw and a win. Yeah. But you said Motherwell would lose both their matches, so uh-huh. how does that work out? How can... Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, Motherwell can't lose both their matches and St Johnston. Well, they just have because St Johnston gets six points. <laughs> right, okay. And St Mirren and they've got St Johnston and Rangers. They're going to get uh, zero points. Right, okay. We just about Right, ask us anything. Oh, no. Why yeah. did, by the way, why did you ask that question on Twitter? Right. Ask you, us anything. You, some you of the asked que- the questions. Some okay. of the questions in turn, Cam, that we were getting last night were just a joke. All right, okay. I just, do you know what it was? I thought, well, there's not loads to go on, so I'll get people to get involved. Okay, go on. Okay, so firstly, thank you, everyone, for getting in touch. Really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. First one, George Spears. What's the most embarrassing moment in both of your media careers? You and surely yours is that phantom Chris Ewaluminal goal. Yeah, that's not a great moment in my career. Do you want to explain for anyone that doesn't know what happened? Well, who were we playing on the day? Was it Norway? Norway. We are playing Norway. It was a game we needed to win. George Burley was in charge and it was nil-nil at the time. And I think it was Naismith that puts a cross on his left foot. I think what Ewalum is, what, five yards out, six yards out? Middle of the goal. And somehow conspires to put it wide. But from my angle, I thought he was going to score. So I didn't even really look at the action. I just jumped up doing commentary on Real Radio. Real Radio? Yeah. And um, me and Alan Ruff celebrated as if Scotland had just scored the opening goal for a minute before people in front of us were saying, it's not a goal, it's not a goal. And I'll tell you what else went through our heads at that point. We thought, right, the ball's gone wide, but it hasn't really. There must be a hole in the net, and it's gone through the hole in the net. And it's come out the other side because we just could not believe that he missed that. And this is what it sounded like. In the Norway half, Kassar is side to Nismith. Oh, Nismith, 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 Nismith. The boy from Cork Bridge has put Scotland in front. Nismith, does it please with where to He's missed it. He missed Oh my God. I don't believe it. You missed that. You're having a laugh. What happened there? He missed that! Oh no! Oh, we all oh. celebrate here! He's missed it from two yards! Chris Ewalumu has missed it from two yards! It looked like it hit the back of the net! What about you, mate? Steven? I just noticed there, when I was doing my Oh, I'm on real radio! My voice was fine. So <laughs> I've got two voices that I can do. My rough voice or Oh, I was on real radio, mate. Right now, back in the day, mate. Me and Ruffy were on real radio. Um, most embarrassing, probably my first ever interview that I went to do, right? As a sports reporter, I worked with a radio station in Fife. And was that Kingdom FM? Kingdom FM. And that was my first ever job, volunteering, basically. 
and I went to interview the ice hockey team, the manager, um, Five Flyers, right? Right, good team. And uh, I knew nothing about ice hockey, but they were like, I went and looked at the recent results and who they were playing next and uh-huh. all the rest of it. So I was, you know, I had a, a, a sort of like worked it up to uh, what I was actually going to ask them. So I get there and I'm like, I'm here to speak to the Five Flyers head coach. And the guy was like, he's not in just now, but I'm the general manager. And I was like, oh, I'll just interview you then. Uh That's that's totally fine. So anyway, I goes into this guy's office and this was probably about 2009, Uh bearing in mind that the smoking ban had been in place for about, what, three or four years by this stage. Uh And this guy was still smoking in his office. So I was like, that's a bit odd, but you know, we're in Kirkcoding. And um, (laughs) so anyway, um, I start talking to this guy called Ronnie. And I'm asking him about, you know, how the team's playing and, you know, if they've got any signings, blah, 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 just general stuff like that. And he's, he's, he's not giving me anything back at all. Like, just one-word answers. And I'm like, God, this is, this is rough, honestly. This is my first day on the job, honestly. He's giving me absolutely nothing. So anyway, I wrap up the interview and then I get back to the radio station, explain to my boss what happened. And they were like, you interviewed a guy called Ronnie. No, I've never heard of him before. I don't even know who he is. Turns out he was the general manager of the Fife Ice Arena. So I effectively <laughs> interviewed the Jani. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the head coach of the Five Flyers, so brilliant, and amazing. It just reminds me of that interview in the BBC. The guy was brought in from like the corridor to talk yes. about Apple. He's yeah. like, I don't know why I'm here. He was in. He was in for a job interview. Yeah, that was what it was like. Bitting Kirkcaldy. Yeah. Yes. So there you are. Good answer. Uh, this is from Ian Mack. If Buzz Lightyear thinks he's a toy, why does he stop moving when people are around? I actually saw that question on Twitter and I replied to the guest. That's one of the best questions I have ever seen in my life. For the entire movie, Buzz Lightyear says, I'm not a toy. He thinks he's a real person. He thinks he's a real spaceman. So why does he collapse every time a human appears? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. Is it an instinct thing? Like how dogs hate cats? Like he doesn't know that he's doing it sort of thing. Like like a reflex. But he doesn't know he's a toy. Yeah, I know. But a dog knows he's a dog. Does it? Well, it does because it chases a cat. Aye, but how do you know, how do you know a dog knows it's a dog? Well, what else would it be? Well, it's not thinking it's a squirrel. No, but a dog doesn't know what a squirrel is. Yeah, but it sees it or run after it. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, that I know. Do, but that doesn't mean that a dog knows it's a dog. A oh, dog just okay. thinks it's itself. Right. So, so, so you're telling me that a dog doesn't know that it's a dog, and a cat doesn't know that it's a cat. No, I know that, much, man. No, but they don't know what cats right, are. Do you know who you are? You're yes. a human. Yeah, I'm so a sh- you're, yeah, you're a human. So, what makes you think that dogs aren't bright enough or intelligent enough to know that they're a dog? Because they're not. But they are. No, they don't know what a dog is. A dog doesn't know what a dog is. All right. So, so hold <laughs> a, on a, a second. A dog is something that we've right. made up and given a name All right, to. So, when a dog looks at another dog, you tell me it doesn't know that's a dog. It probably just thinks that's somebody who looks like me. But that dog then wants to have sex with other dogs, so it must know it's the same thing as him. If that's your logic, anything can be a dog because I've seen dogs go at anything. <laughs> Like, legs, my leg is a dog. Cushions. <laughs> yeah, but it's using you as a sex toy. Yeah, and, right, we're not talking about dog sex toys, right? But Good episode, Nino, thank you. But what I'm saying is, a dog doesn't notice a dog because a dog isn't aware of what a dog is. So what a dog just thinks it's, it's right. it. So you're saying that Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. doesn't know... That he's it, a toy. That he's a toy, but instinctively, because it's in, bred in him... Yep. Does react yeah. like a toy, even yeah. though he doesn't think it. Exactly. Good answer. Yeah. Did you, you say that's the right answer? I don't care. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Graham McLean, when will intern Callum get that promotion he so desperately craves? Never. 
Next question. Gavin Riddick says, where are all the places Stephen's had a winch? We've heard you in. Let's hear Stephen. Sore throat. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get your sore throat? Sore throat, mate. Sore throat. Right. <laughs> Stuart Smith, when did you and Cameron become a Rangers supporter? I didn't. I never have become a Rangers supporter. I did like Rangers as a child, as I said in a previous podcast. How are we the, the, One of the most sought-after <coughs> Panini sticker cards was... Uh, Oh, Sandy Jardin, exactly. But but I grew up in a Hearts family. I went to Tynecastle High School, so I don't need to go over it all again. But the reason that some people think I'm a Rangers fan or have a soft spot for Rangers is because of my reaction to Steven Gerrard arriving at Rangers. Okay, having said all and that. Wait, wait, wait. In turn, Callum and Stephen Mill know this, and everybody who knows me well knows that I'm a massive Liverpool fan. I go to Anfield. I, I got season uh, pre-season games, etc., etc. I grew up loving Liverpool. Steven Gerrard was one of my favourite players at Liverpool, so that's why I had an admiration and a love for Steven Gerrard. Not because he's a Rangers man, but because of who he was as a footballer. That's why I love Steven Gerrard. Nothing to do with Rangers. Having said all that, Naysos says, who will Rangers board replace GVB with and when will they eventually sack him? To you and the Rangers fan. Well, he should already be gone. And if he doesn't go before the game against Hearts and they don't get a win against Hearts he could be gone by Thursday morning Cool Dale Bahoy Is an orange called an orange because it's orange or is the colour orange called orange because of the fruit? Oh that's a, an amazing I, question I, No I think I think this is straightforward I think the fruit's called orange and that's why the colour's called orange I think Do you not think the orange came first? No The colour? No I've got an answer for this and I think it's a uh, definitive answer Okay Because the fruit would have come before the English language Mm-hmm do you know what I mean? So it would have been called something else when it was like Latin. I don't know. So did so we named the orange orange before the colour orange? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the colour orange would have existed before an orange. Mm, would it have though? I would have done. No, it's, 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 not, well, 100%. Color, no because no, colour's a the construct. Fruit have, yeah. No, but the colour orange, yeah. as in the sky, before an orange appears. But you wouldn't know that was orange. You'd no. just be like, that's kind of purple. Ready. <laughs> 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 and when, when when the fruit comes along, then we say, "Oh, that's an orange." And you'd be like, "That fruit looks this like this. It, that orange looks like this. We'll call that orange." And yeah. that's how it came about. Okay, yeah, that's right. how it came about. Yeah. Um, last one, Josh Hendy, and please be careful, Ewan. Who's the one figure in Scottish football you've met and had dealing with dealings with who is a total? <laughs> and I will bleep that in Scottish football. Please, I mean, please where, where where do I begin? Don't get us in trouble. Where do <clears> I begin? See, I wouldn't say they've been total. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go as far to say that they're being total. But what I would say is that I found them to be rather difficult. Yeah, to deal with. I found Gordon Strachan very difficult to deal with. Although we have come to a what's the word I'm looking here? Because I met him at a wet, wet, wet concert and he apologised to me. <laughs> but he could be difficult. Um, Alex McLeish had his moments when he was Rangers manager Particularly when he was under so much pressure When Vladimir Romanov came in as, as the Hearts um, chief exec and owner of the club And we were splitting the old firm So he, I think he got sacked at the end of that season when we split the old firm That season he was difficult to deal with um, Craig Levine wasn't the best to deal with at times um, Who else? One of my favourite people was Jim Jeffries Lovely. Lovely guy. Big Jim. Great Love guy. Jim. But yeah, I think generally speaking, just difficult. I wouldn't call them And generally speaking, they're all really nice people in football. And that includes the chairman and the chief executives. Love Peter Lawwell. Got on really well with him. David Murray. Got on really well with him. Um, 
David Taylor, who's no longer with the SFA, lovely guy. But again, when you have your fallouts and they can be difficult, but they're just doing their job at the end of the day. But ultimately, I think football people generally are good people. I can't really think. It's a difficult question to answer. You have your yeah. difficult moments with them and awkward moments, but I wouldn't say they're horrible for the sake of being horrible. I just think they're going through whatever pressures are going through. And see what you're saying there about the pressure. Yeah. I've interviewed managers who have been really snappy. Yeah. I've known a manager to lock somebody in a cupboard before. <laughs> who, wow. a certain, who's, who's still managing in the SPFL, but he was under extreme pressure at this point. Yeah. And um, he lost the plot and but, but they're not, they're, in the cupboard. They're not holding it against you. Let's go back, though, to you and Gordon Strachan and let's recreate what happened <laughs> at that wait, wait, wait gig. So, you and Gordon, your eyes meet. And you're like, there's you and Cameron. He was there with his wife. Yeah. And I was there with my wife. Mm-hmm. And it was a wet, wet, wet gig. It so was some you, anniversary gig. You were swaying. We were, we were, we were sat close to each other. Had your lighters up. And we had um, um, tickets to go to the backstage thing afterwards. And mm-hmm. my wife and I think his wife were looking forward to meeting Marty Pell and the band and all that. Yeah. So while my the, the women were doing that, me and Gordon Strachan were stood standing about. And we got chatting and we started talking about the past and when he was at Celtic and... Uh, and the many arguments and fallouts that we had in his time at Celtic. Mm-hmm. And I apologised to him for some of the things that I had said to him and that I had accused him of and that I um, had said on the football phone and he apologised to me for some of the ways that he um, reacted and spoke to me. And that was it. It was, it was a lovely moment. Did you do it using the lyrics of this song? No, I didn't. But, oh, but, but, I, do, I, but I do think that wait, wait, wait had a huge impact on us to finding peace. So thank you to Marty Pello, thank you to Wet Wet Wet, thank you to the, the Hydro at the time yep. for bringing us back together again and there was a wee hug at the end of the night. Was there a slow dance? There was a slow dance, slow it, was, dance. it was just a hug. Did and you have I, some pillow talk? No, Marty Pello um, is on tour just now with his pillow talk tour and I've got a book <laughs> here in the studio. It's a great book, Pillow yeah. Talk. You've not read it? No, I haven't. But then, no. But yeah, it was it was nice. Because again, that's my point. Managers what, are under a huge amount of pressure. What songs did Gordon Strachan dance to? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Uh, wishing I was lucky. Right, okay, that's fine. Sweet Little Mystery. You love Sweet Little Mystery as well. Right, so that was one of his favourites. What about Angel Eyes? Angel Eyes is a great wee song, but that's more of a sing-along ballad type song. Temptation was a great song that everybody stood up to and sang along to. So Temptation was very popular. Yeah, we were all on our feet singing and dancing to that. Now try and picture Gordon Strachan clenching his fist and grabbing some air and pulling into his chest and all that. It's a song, isn't it? I have seen this year, in fact, something that probably a lot of people have not seen. So I was at an event. I'm not sure you were there. I don't think you were. It was the fourth awards earlier on this year. Oh, I couldn't make it. I was working elsewhere. Oh, no, it wasn't. I had COVID. So you did. I had COVID. So you did. And there was a number of football managers there. Craig Levine was there. Had a good chat with Craig Levine. And there was also another absolute legend of the game who was moving his hips like I've never seen before to this. Who was the manager? He was sat behind me. 
He's been mentioned on today's show. Already? And what a mover he is. <laughs> he was dancing to this. Oh, yes. We guess. The song is? Hold on a second. That's a good song, that. Search for the Hero. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. M People. M People. <sighs> but who was dancing to it? Was it, it Big Biange? <laughs> <laughs> was it Upper Deck Campbell? Was it Upper Dick Campbell? Was it, it was Dick Campbell. Campbell. Was it Dick Campbell? Campbell? Oh, I'd love to have seen that. Oh. Was he dancing to Search for a Hero? He was dancing to them all, honestly. <laughs> Huge M People fan then, is he? M- massive Heather Small fan. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Did anybody get a video of that? I believe he might have appeared because there was an official video put out. And he appeared in it? And I think he appeared in it. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of... Oh, this this was actually this was probably a better one that he was dancing to actually. So this is another one. Oh, what's oh. one night in heaven? He was loving this. <laughs> Just imagine the Campbell yeah. now in front of the stage, Heather Small Here on stage. Oh. Yeah, the guy's a character. I love the man. He was loving it. Yeah. Anyway. Unfortunately, he might get our broth relegated this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, so there we are. That's the end of the podcast, June. Thanks, sexy boy. That's okay. That's fine. And I've usually got the outro music, but I've got something different this week. This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. <laughs> Thank you to you, you and Cameron. Thank you, my man. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. <laughs> we couldn't do it without you. As ever, get in touch. A big football Scott on Twitter. Don't forget, don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use. You won't miss a podcast. Keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football were a spaceman. <laughs> Give us a post. We'll be back on Monday with another brand new episode of the big (laughs) Scottish football podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, Stephen, you've not done your movie trailer yet for Scottish football. Okay then, right, here we go. In a world where managers argue in hedges and pies are firmly placed on rolls, plastic pitches are vilified, Lee Griffiths is permanently mystified, and Falkirk are roundly decried. There's a VAR... There's a Rylan Clark, Celtic Park, and fences shaped like sharks. One man stands alone at the top against all who denounce him. It's Neil Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs>